All right, guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode of uh, Hundred Books a Year with Kevin. Today, um, let's just wrap up our discussion on OKR for the time being. Um, just do a couple of the house cleaning things. Something that I found interesting reading the book. Some background information, and uh, we kind of just go from there. Um, so okay, let's let's dive into deeper about the design behind OKR, right? So. OKR's origin, right? We talk about that. Um, it was Andy Grove, right? Former Intel CEO who just passed away, I think, 2016. Uh, one of my favorite uh, management thinker out there. Um, he he wants to know how to really take advantage of manufacturer production management and how do we measure it from or two quote unquote soft professionals, right? Uh, we talk about it during the recent uh, Cal Newport's book, um, how to uh, live in a world without email. Uh, Cal Newport kind of figured this thing out too, right? Like how should we uh, measure or quote unquote improve the performance of a certain um, area when whenever that uh, they're doing a manufacturer, right? We talk about the, you know, um, the uh, Henry Ford method, right? The assembly uh, belt, right? They're first trying to get the uh, car come, uh, get the people come to the car that's too slow. And then we have, we having car come to the people much faster. So manufacturer are hard goals. They're actually easier to measure compared to this particular case, which is a, um, what is the term? Soft goals, right? Or we call it for knowledge worker, right? Maybe they're you know more uh, administrative. Maybe they're more um, kind of like managerial, right? Maybe we are measuring uh, something. It's, it, it's a hard to put a number, hard to quantify it, right? So it's easier to compare or to count the... Uh, Manufacturer side is not so easy to count it from the personal side. We got that. So the reason, the motivation for Andy Grove to come up with that is two things. One is how can we define and measure output by knowledge workers? Two, what can we do to increase it, right? So this is the origin question that OKR was, you know, uh, established around. Now, Whenever we are talking about OKR, there has to be a culture that supports it, right? So here is a couple of things that I want to use as a um, quote-unquote application tool or what kind of a culture that we should have for OKR to be work, uh, working well within the system, right? So first of all... Um, the essence, the, uh, the, <laughs> the essence of a healthy OKR culture is we need to have ruthless intellectual honesty and we need to discard self-interest and really, really pledge allegiance to the team. Let me repeat that. The essence of a healthy OKR culture, we need to, we need to have ruthless intellectual honesty. We need to have a disregard for self-interest and third, we need to have a deep alliance to the team. So in a sense, less is more. So whenever we're trying to set up a, an a OKR goal, 
have one O and have three to five KRs uh, uh, alongside with it, and then have three to five OKR alongside to work with at the same time. So we don't want to overwhelm with more OKR goals. Secondly, less is more. So what that means is that whenever we're talking about OKR, we need to be able to not overwhelm our, uh, ourselves. We're going to talk about that. And then we need to make sure that we set the goals from bottom up so that individual can create their own OKR, maybe half of it, maybe more than half of it to promote engagement. Number three is there has to be no dictating. I cannot come in and tell you, this is what I think your OKR should be, right? So OKRs are actually a corroborative social contract that define priorities and define how uh, progress will be measured. Number four, I, I think, um, so <laughs> say flexible, right? Um, if the climate or if the context change for um, our team member, then we need to be able to change the circumstance as well. Uh, feel free to, you know, scratch an OKR or not to follow through with it. Very, very important. Next, dare to fail. We kind of touched on this yesterday where a good OKR goal needs to be ambitious, which is why they need to be uh, separated from um, from the daily or from the uh, compensation or promotions as far as they can because people tend to play it safe when it comes to their livelihood, right? So dare to fail is a very, very good culture right there. Next, we need to see OKR as a tool, not as a weapon. Um, Grove said that, you know, we really need to use OKR to pace a person, uh, to put a stopwatch on him so he engage his or her performance at the time. So in a sense that a manager should not be able to gauge the performance. The reason is, is because of fact that we need to be able to have the employee or the team member to be more self-sustaining. Next, be patient, be resolute. So every process, it requires a trial and error. Who knows for this particular objective or goals, if it's going to go bad or not, right? Because I think a lot of the audacious goal is actually really, really hard to achieve. So there's, there's going to be some trial and error going on, right? So how should we apply it? How should we um, recognize it? Very simple. Um, OKR and CFR should be used simultaneously. OKR, we use it to set goals. CFR, we use it to follow up, like the weekly or bi-weekly or monthly meetings, right? So CFR, it means conversation, feedback, and recognition. CFR, conversation, feedback, and recognition. So it, as opposed to an annual review, which most uh, people dread, CFR is really something that is a continuous performance management. So for a conversation, we are talking about is something that is an authentic, richly textured exchange between a manager and a contributor 
and at driver uh, driving the performance. That's the C part conversation. Secondly, we have feedback. Bi-directional, not one-directional, bi-directional, and network communication among peers to evaluate progress that guided future improvement. A recognition, expression of appreciation to deserving individuals or contribution of all sizes, CFR. So this is something that we can use to kind of gauge a performance right there. Okay, um, that's it. Um, at the very end of, uh, of this podcast, if you still are having trouble constructing an OKR plan, listen to this. This is, uh, I'm going to read out, read it out to you guys. This is Google's OKR one pager. Um, I was reading this and I was typing up a one pager for myself, uh, for my own line of work, but this is something that's enough to get you started. Okay, this is a readout from Google's OKR plan. So Google says, writing a good OKR isn't easy. Um, pay attention to the following simple rules. O objectives are the what's. They express goals and, com- and intents. They are aggressive yet realistic. They must be tangible, objective, and unambiguous. They should be obvious to a rational observer whether an objective has been achieved. Key results are the how. They express measure, milestones. They must describe outcomes, not activities. They must include evidence of completion. Let me start, uh, let me take a little bit more of time on the must describe outcomes and not activities front. KR needs to describe a result, an outcome. Um, if they're not, they're going to be like, okay, do this. If you're done, regardless of the results, you're going to check it off, right? So always keep in mind is key results. So a good OKR, like we said, is between 3KR to 5KR per O, per objective. All right. It looks like we timed it pretty well today. Uh, we're going to wrap up on the OKR discussion. Um, I am personally u- uh, using it for my own management tools, uh, for my own team, and then I'm loving it so far. Um, so if you are using it, if you have any feedback on it, uh, let us know, leave in the reviews, and then we'll go from there. All right, guys, thank you so much. Have a good day.